0: If you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovitch, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we
1: share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to The Juggle Podcast.
0: Hi, this is Joe, And I'm Lucy. Welcome back to The Juggle Podcast. This is the second in a two-part interview with Katrina and Heather from Cullen MacLeod.
1: Katrina is the director of the firm and Heather is an employed lawyer and we had so much to discuss with the two of them that we just couldn't fit it all into one episode. Not surprising, I suppose, given we had two guests to talk to. So in last week's episode, we talked a lot about the business case for paid parental leave and Heather's return to work and how she made it work using Bubdesk and the advantages that she had from working at a place as flexible as Colin McLeod.
0: In today's episode, we continue the conversation about flexible work, talking more broadly about how it benefits employers, not just employees, and how you can encourage your own employer to get on board. Before
1: we kick off, we want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Law CPD. They still have a competition running, which gives you the opportunity to win 10 hours of professional development in online CPD courses. For lawyers, this equates to 10 free CPD points. So. Definitely. If you're a lawyer, you should
0: be entering. Law CPD's courses include professional development courses like learning to assert yourself and dealing with difficult clients. So if you're not a lawyer, you might still get some value out of it. You can go into the draw to win by visiting lawcpd.com.au forward slash the juggle competition. And all you need to do is answer the question, where do you feel the most productive and why do you think this is?
1: Law CPD are going to be selecting the winner at the end of August, and we will also announce the winner on our social media. So you will definitely find out.
0: Now on with today's show. It's not just women at Cullen MacLeod who work flexibly. We understand that two thirds of your staff are not full time, which is a
2: pretty cool number, I think. Yeah, it's about two thirds work, some kind of flexible working. So yeah. And that, does that just mean not the 8.30 to 5
3: o'clock Monday to Friday?
2: Yep. So, for example, one of our property lawyers that usually works 8.30 to 5 or 6 standard office hours, he has every second Tuesday off, so he does a nine-day fortnight. So, when I say two-thirds work flexibly, that's what I'm counting, the people that work anything other than the standard kind of 8.30 to 5.
0: And how did this come about? Is this something that you've actively encouraged
2: all your staff to consider? No, it was totally organic. (laughs) So (laughs) it was basically working around people's lives. So whether it's an assistant who travels from quite far away, so didn't want to get stuck in the traffic for an hour instead of half an hour, she would start earlier and leave earlier. To one of our junior lawyers who he wanted, he'd just had his second child and he wasn't seeing, he wasn't getting home. Although he would leave here about quarter past five, he wouldn't get home till six o'clock, 6.30, because of where he lived quite far away. And he basically just came and said, I get home after my, and he had two children quite close together, after my children are in bed. So I'm not really seeing them five days a week, and that's really sad, which of course it is. So then he just, again, started an hour and a half earlier and finished about an hour and a half earlier, just to miss... You know, miss the traffic and get home in time to feed, bathe, all that stuff. That's not so much fun. But when the babies
1: and and it's just a massive support for your partner who's at home. Is that is a, can be not always, but can often be a
2: terrible time of day. Yeah, he even they called it the witching hour yes. and, and banned any of us from visiting at that yeah. point. <laughs> so yeah, and then for other people, it's not always family. And I think that's a really important distinction to draw that it's not just dealing with parents and it's not just dealing with people who work a long way away. So for example, before I, and I guess I've been informed by my own choices. So many years ago, I decided I wanted to work four days a week. I don't have children. I don't have a parent to care for. I don't have a partner to care for. I just thought it'd be fun. So I just decided That'd be great. So I worked four days a week and it was awesome. And I did that for a year and a half. And I would happily recommend to any lawyer who could afford it that working four days a week is just a dream job, absolute dream job. (laughs) And it works from the fact that I was an employee and now I'm an employer. I get that it has to work both ways flexible working for me for example at four days absolutely worked for me it was the happiest I've ever been and absolutely worked for my then employer because I didn't leech my hours like a lot of people do in four day a week they end up working five day a week hours yes. just in four days that didn't happen I just became a lot more productive so mm-hmm. my employer was getting 90% productivity while paying me 80% and I was getting 20% not working and loving it and it actually just made me more productive which goes back to my belief that people that have less hours in the day which are traditionally working parents are highly and way more productive so it makes me really happy that you
0: see that and that you advocate for that especially because you're not a working parent so it's not you saying look at me I'm brilliant I get all my work done in less time it's you saying look at these other women and then they're brilliant because they get all their work done you just touched on the business case I suppose for flexible working but what are some of the benefits that you've seen by having this culture people
2: are just help happier hence they're healthier hence if you were going to be really cutthroat about it they're more productive (laughs) happy healthy people are better to have around. They do better work. If the whole purpose of what we do is to assist clients, then they are better at the job because they are happier. So, for example, one thing that really made me think was when Heather said if she hadn't had the paid parental leave, she would have had to come back to work earlier. So purely economically, she would have to come back when she wasn't ready, probably her baby wasn't ready. She wouldn't have wanted to be there. So Mm. having someone in the workplace that doesn't want to be there from any business perspective is not good for the clients so you ideally want people who are happy and then they're productive and then they're happy to service clients really well. They're happy to help the people they work with. And they're pleasant to be around. And I think that that's,
1: that's always a key thing because if we're going to have people who aren't happy to be at work, it just infects everybody.
2: Yeah, I call it contagion. It's happiness yes. contagion or negativity contagion. Yes. You will infect people around you with your mood. So if it's a happy mood, you infect people really well. And if it's a downbeat mood, then you infect them negatively. And, mm-hmm. and we want happy people infecting everyone with <laughs> we can't all be happy 100% of the time you know parts of our job are really horrible <laughs> but it's the people around you that make it okay when it is really difficult and i honestly believe that combining work and life in a way that enables you to deal with both helps with that i purposely don't call it a balance because i don't think there is a work life balance i think it's all adjustments at different times Different parts are going to dominate. Absolutely, yeah. We're realistic about that, and just working out how can we best make it work, and it has to work for the individual and the business.
0: Heather, what's your take on this from your perspective, and also what you've seen from your colleagues?
3: I have to absolutely agree that uh, the part timers are absolutely the hardest workers. Um, being not the first person to take parental leave at the office meant that I had a couple of examples to look to, and, and on how they would structure their days and their weekends and their nights and how they would fit it all in and and how they would prioritise and that was a really important lesson and it was really valuable to me that they were prepared to share their kind of tricks on how to manage it all Um, with me um, when I've been going through the process of one baby and then two babies Mm -hmm. and figuring all of that out. Having a happy workplace is a difficult thing to achieve for any employer and it is an ongoing struggle, a daily movable feast. All sorts of things happen at the office and if it's of my flexible working from desk, is that I'm physically removed from the office and so I don't have to deal with any office related (laughs) things. It's
2: brilliant for your mental health. Yeah, Yeah,
3: it's a really nice, peaceful thing that I can do because my priority until today really has been don't let the baby die. Um, Keep (laughs) baby alive.
2: Craze and water baby.
3: Water baby and survive. Oh, yeah. You're right, I guess.
0: Look after her too. And so while all that's going on and you're dealing with this transition and you're trying to work, you really just want to focus on your work and your kids. You don't want to get caught up in any of this politics that might be happening or any of the side stuff. And
1: that leads to one of the things that you touched on earlier, Katrina, about people not getting work when they're not physically present, which obviously is going to impact on their productivity for starters, but it's also going to impact on their potential growth and development Further down the line. So, how are you dealing with that as a business?
2: So, we don't have really many hard and fast policies about anything beyond speaking to the individuals and saying to them, These people are working, give them work. (laughs) The fact that they might not physically be there isn't any different to you don't see them when they're on a different floor. (laughs) And how much
1: responsibility are you putting on the individual who's working flexibly to make sure that they're getting the
2: work? Again, we've never sort of blatantly discussed it because I think, for example, Heather's in a very close-knit team. She works very closely with her direct head being Hugh Cahill and they work incredibly sort of symbiotically. So she's kind of like his right-hand anyway. So whether she's physically here or there, and Hugh's very, very progressive in that, I don't think it's been an issue internally within the team. I don't know Heather would be better, I guess, Um, to answer how it's been with anyone else in the office, Heather? So, for example, do they stop giving you the referrals? Do they go directly to Hugh instead of actually picking up the phone and calling you or I don't know?
3: Well, from my personal experience, I've given some work to our Canadian office ambassador, Susan. (laughs) and really enjoyed the very quick turnaround that I received.
2: Which is one of the benefits of Intercontinental, yeah. Yeah,
3: Yeah, so her working hours were perfect because it meant that she would have everything done by the time I got back in the office the next day or whatever it was. And I really enjoy working with her. It's only like my third time. I've I've been able to give her an internal referral before. That's awesome. Um, So that was really lovely. I was like, oh, great, I can include her on something. And it had actually (laughs) slipped my mind that she wasn't physically in the office. So, but from my perspective, I literally have a pile of work that I bring to bub Desk with me and I try and work electronically where I possibly can but there are physical files as well that go with with most law officers and I haven't noticed any decline in inquiries uh-huh. in fact it's more um if anything at the moment we are quite busy
1: just listening to the two of you and hearing everything that you've got to say i can hear a lot of people who might be listening who might be lawyers or no lawyers who'll be going this cullen mcleod place you know it sounds like a really good place to work and i wonder if they're still looking for someone in heather's team (laughs) so this might be your opportunity
3: (laughs) we We are actually looking for someone um, (laughs) and we're looking for a legal (laughs) assistant by the um, way, They must be proficient in FilePro. Um, <laughs> that's it. Um, All right, that's your ad. You that's your pro, Contact us and you can be my legal assistant. And <laughs> assistant
2: to Hugh Cale and Paul um and, and have a lovely time with us. We um, would ideally like someone with commercial and Next succession planning experience, ideally, but. Yeah. No, no, I did, just but that's ideally. <laughs> but
3: number one, if you know how to work FilePro, um, that works sold. for me and I can teach <laughs> you everything else. Um, but if you have existing experience in wheels and estates and commercial work, favoured. Uh,
2: um, and you'd be trained by Heather. How awesome would that be? Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> I love that little, I love <laughs> that blatant plug. plug. Nice yeah, work. Yeah. Plug. <laughs> <Come> <laughs> Katrina, one of the things that you spoke about just before was about when you worked four days, not five, was about, some people working who work part-time who actually work maybe a full-time load or maybe work more than what they're paid for because they do extra work or they work efficiently. How do you measure performance and set pay for your staff who work part-time or work flexibly when you're not necessarily
2: counting their hours strictly? So it's the same as with everybody else. There is no difference. So they are sort of reviewed on what they're getting through so there's no doubt it it definitely is billable hours that they produce so there's no doubt about that but that's the same as with any solicitor and then what I call all the other stuff so say for example BD work, precedent work, contributing in other ways for example Heather has been involved in training people over the last couple of years that's critical to the functioning of her team. Currently Heather is part of doing a review of the whole Wilson succession sort of client experience so that is taking up a great deal of time but is absolutely critical and working out because Heather's very process orientated so basically looking at the process and saying okay from here to here is how we deal with the clients can we do that any better so that's a massive part of making the whole of Wilson succession planning team better. And Heather's heavily involved in that. So that's equivalent to when one of our other litigation solicitors was spent probably two weeks creating litigation precedents. So it kind of gets balanced that obviously they're doing that work. So that particular day, for example, you're not going to be billing what you bill normally, because you're doing more, I guess, long-term work than the immediate short-term.
1: So there's definitely a combination then of assessing people based on not only the direct billable output, but also all the other output that is necessary when you're running a business.
2: Absolutely. And that goes to even, I guess, the teamwork aspect of other people when somebody does go off and print to leave, so because we couldn 't find and we tried even as far wide as interstate to get a locum for heather 's position, and at that point, the locums that we were looking at were so expensive they wouldn 't even have covered their own pay in the work that we had for them wow. so that was yeah, so the whole the whole concept was impossible, yeah. so then we had to think far more laterally. So then we had trained somebody internally, but then also one of our principals in litigation stepped in because she does do wills, disputed wills and estates work and mm-hmm. she had also done wills and estates drafting previously. So mm-hmm. she stepped in to assist Heather's team but uh, addressed reduced rate for her usual billable rate. So what that meant is that then it impacted. So we we have a... a um, a kind of very traditional bonus which is only based on cash received so it was going Mm. to impact on her bonus yes so then her overall yearly review looked at the fact that she had stepped in so she'd helped out and it was going to impact on her bonus so then we had said to her we'll give you a kind of a discretionary bonus to say thank you for the fact that you're doing something that is helping us long term but it's not directly relevant to your billables. In fact, it's going to impact on them. Mm. So it's kind of the same concept with everyone, whether you're part-time or not, as in it's your productivity in billable hours and there's no getting away from that. That is still how people are, that's still one aspect of how they're looked at and how their performance is reviewed, as well as the other things. And what I can say on a very positive note, which is one of what I call the business case for Bubdesk and for the remote working, is that I've always known that people are more productive when they're away, when they can take some time out and be quiet. So for example, I'll go home and work from home sometimes. Greg, one of our litigation principals, works from home one day every fortnight. They are all more productive when they're away from the office. So hearing that
0: then, Heather, when you're no longer breastfeeding or you're no longer at desk, do you plan on going into the office full-time or do you think you'll find somewhere else to work?
2: So
3: I, I have already um, made those plans, yeah, so um, playing, yes let 's see if they change, Yeah. <laughs> so my plan is to work from home on on Tuesdays, but neither of the children will be home with me it 'll be me in my office at home, uh, so i 'll be saving my commute time
0: yeah, Katrina, how do you suggest that we get other employers interested in and on board with flexible work?
2: I think you have to absolutely start with a business case, so there are some people that will believe in it as a thing that society should do. That could be one or two people out of a committee of decision makers that are anywhere between three to ten. So if you start with the business case, then it's persuasive for the bottom line of the business. So I've helped a couple of people present Options to the partners or the directors in the law firms as to why, for example, paid parental leave should be incorporated into the workplace. And with that, I coach them through here's the business case for it, this is why it works, start and end with that. Don't make it emotional, make it purely business. It attracts and retains great staff. And it's the same with flexible working show the benefits of it, get some actual evidence as to the benefits of it. So, for example, I can point to statistics that show that in my firm and then move to the and again it's still business case but move to the not so statistical benefits which are for example return to work so people that work flexibly in my experience stay longer they're happier so they stay in that workplace so we know for a fact that people have come to us because we offer flexible working. So they've actually said it in their interviews. They've come to us. They've said, this is why we're coming to you. So you can, again, use the business case for it will help you attract staff and it will definitely help you retain staff. So separate to people that have gone overseas, I think it's pretty much the only ones that haven't actually come back off the top of my head. But all the people have had babies at Cullen McLeod that haven't gone overseas, one went overseas, have all come back. come back. So there is a strong business case for that corporate memory that these people have usually by the time it's they're having babies as one, just one aspect of the flexible working. They are quite senior in the career. They've spent anywhere between five to eight years getting to where they are. So they're good at what they do. If they're still with you, they're good at what they do. They have established client connections and if they come back, then you've kept the benefit of all of that skill and knowledge and the personality involved. So we want people like Heather to come back to work because she's good at what she does. She gets on brilliantly with all the other staff and there would be a massive hole at Colin McLeod if she wasn't there. So it, yeah. it's, I would say, start and finish. When you're at the persuasion point or suggesting it, you start and finish with the business case of, what it means for the business, what it means for retaining good employees, attracting good employees, and ultimately what it means for the client. So the whole point of us being in business, and given that this is a business, it's not a charity or a social concern, is to service clients. So why is it better for the clients? Yeah, Um, I think you're absolutely right. If we don't think about it properly,
0: it's easy to always present things from our own perspective I want to work Mm. flexibly because it works it helps me by blah 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 blah. but we really need to switch it the other way around and say what's in it for the
2: employer absolutely and Heather for example came to me with the business case for a bub desk so she quite clearly thought about it from a business point of view and obviously it would help Heather but she wasn't coming to say this is going to be great for me because it would be great for me it was like this is going to work for me And this is why it will work for the business when it works for me. So, absolutely. Heather, it sounds like you are absolutely irreplaceable. (laughs) We've heard
3: that. We have um, remuneration reviews coming up soon and I'll (laughs) replay your exact
0: words right back to you, Katrina. It's been so much fun. We have two questions that we like to ask of all of our guests, so we're going to ask you each of these. So we'll start with Heather. What words do you live by? Do you have a mantra?
3: Um, oh, big one. I, w- I was thinking about this earlier, and the thing that um, has been kind of sustaining me for this year is accept the things that I cannot change.
1: And, very profound.
3: Well, when you're dealing with a newborn and a toddler and work. And everything that goes along with it, you need to be very flexible and adaptable and um, responsive to change and new things. And my learning, my biggest learning, has been identifying the things that I can change and what I can't, and trying to accept what things I can control in my life and what I can't. And part of what I can control is where I work, how I work, (laughs) a little bit to a degree, where that can help my life and my kids and my family and support what I want to do at home, I will do that. And so, yes, accepting the things I can't change.
1: you, Katrina? Is there some words that you live by?
2: There are, but my experience obviously is entirely different to Heather's. So I don't have the juggle that you all have. I have a partner who works from home. So I have pretty much minimal home demand. So that's a one massive difference. <laughs> and my predominant Role at work is to promote my business to clients and other people and to be a really good lawyer. So, those are pretty much the only two things that I have. So, the mantras I have are three one is just say yes. So, this is why it's very different, for example, to Heather's position. Yeah. So, I have a strong belief that women generally. Will self select themselves out of opportunities. So I started a year of what I call, and I think it might have been prompted by a book. Funnily enough, I literally picked it up today. Right, there you go. So, um, yeah, great book. One year of just say yes. So just say yes to every opportunity, which means that people like me don't self select out of things because we think we're not good enough, not perfect enough. So just say yes gives you incredible opportunities. And then um, followed closely by just do it. So the Nike sign mm-hmm. I have on my <laughs> on my computer and a little sticker. So don't overthink it. Don't overanalyze it. Just do it. I've been asked to do a lot of things that scared the hell out of me, but I just did it. I said yes, number one, and then I just did it. And then the third one that's closely linked to those three is the Frozen song, which is even more amusing. <laughs> yep, let it go. So um, I have in mind. <laughs> I know the song. Yeah, yeah. So if you're giving things a go, if you're saying yes, you're just doing it. Sometimes you're going to mess it up. So I literally just crank up the Frozen song and blare it out and just let it go. You're going to mess up sometimes. Just let it go. (laughs) You've got this three. I like it a lot. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. (laughs)
1: Uh, It's really helpful to have those things. And I I particularly like the action taking one, your your middle concept. Just just do it. I'm definitely one of those people who will overthink things or, you know, use excuses like having to make it perfect before I'll actually get on to do it.
2: That's yeah. exactly right. Just do what you fear is another one I've got on my sticker is just is um, do what you fear. Mm. So that's probably in and around there. And I've literally got it stuck in my computer because do things that you think you're not qualified for, you're not ready for, just do them and get then ready. let it go. Because yeah. 99% of the time, it'll be brilliant. It'll be super fun. It'll be an awesome experience. Yeah. 0.1% you'll go, oh.
1: <laughs> yes. But it is so important for
2: us to get out of our comfort zones because yes. it's really too easy to just get stuck there and not grow. Yep, that's exactly right. Couldn't agree more. So yeah, those are my three with a bit of a half of the um, do what you fear. (laughs) So the other question that we like to ask is
1: if you can give us some advice, give all of us some advice on how Heather, how you would recommend that other people who are in a similar position manage the juggle.
3: Well, I actually think before you have the conversation with your employer, you should really have it at home with your partner first it's not just a juggle for you as the mum the birth giver you and your your partner are going on this journey together and where your partner wants to be involved how they want to be involved what do they want to do do they want to have time at home too what does that look like and how does that impact upon you and your work and their work you're in it together your parents together and it's a wonderful thing to do together and have time together. So for my second born, my husband was home with me the whole time that I was having maternity leave and that was a 1,000 times mm. better than my mm. first time around. It was really hard being at home on my own with a newborn, mm. not knowing what on earth I'm supposed to do with this mm. baby, being 100% responsible for her and he's at work all day. And then so second time round, it was a completely different experience and so if you're able to involve your partner with your desires for flexible work and ask them because strangely maybe not strangely it's a new conversation that men seem to be having around what they want in their parental lives as parents as well going well how do I get to be home at dinner time I want to be there for after school to help with homework. I want to be available for morning drop-offs. How do I make that happen? And then dad can talk to mom and go, well, I can do drop-offs on this day if you do the one that day. And you just find a way that makes it work and then just try it. Try anything for three months, I think is the rule. And if it doesn't work, do it a different Try way Try other. again. Yeah. And just you'll be better for having tried something. I'm a big believer in trial and error. And um, mm-hmm. you just keep going and you keep changing things and be adaptable and going, well, this isn't working. How do we change it? And talking to them. So yes, before you have any conversation with your employer about it, talk to your partner and find out what is your ideal. What does this what what do you want this to look like? Yeah. Being parents is plural. <laughs>
0: so it's um it's nice to go have that journey together. Nice. Very good advice. And actually, what I like is that I don't think anyone's given us that kind of view before. So that's good. Really interesting.
2: Uh, I think that's also probably because Heather and her partner are very much really do Mm co-parent. And I can see that they really, really appreciate what each other does. So it's from my point of view, it's quite an amazing team. So maybe that's why Heather views it differently or has expressed it differently. It's nice you can do that from the outside as well. So
0: Katrina, if you have, you've given us lots of advice. So one piece of advice that you would give to employers who are managing people who are juggling work and family, what's the one key thing that you think that
2: they should know? Be kind to the people that are trying to juggle it all because they are trying to juggle it all and view things in the best possible light. So it is impossible, I believe, to be brilliant at everything. Something has to give. People have chosen to be parents for a reason. Society needs people to have children, even if purely from a business point of view, so that we've got people to work for us in Mm -hmm. 20 years. (laughs) So understand that people can't do everything, that they can do the best they can at that particular point. And we're all human. It's exactly the same as me not wanting to go to work on a Monday morning, just because I might have a whole heap of other things going on. It's exactly the same issue that sometimes you're going to be better in the workplace than at other times. But ultimately, these are people that you want to keep in the workplace. And they are people. So treat them as people who are good at some days, better in other days, not so good in other days. And just probably use the kindest possible interpretation. If they're not great on that day, they're not great. And a week later, they might be better. Yeah.
0: Sounds like a nice summary of all the things that you've just explained. Be kind. Be kind.
2: we could probably all do that with a bit better in society generally
1: (laughs) Uh, absolutely there's no doubt about it thank you both so much for joining us this afternoon and giving us so much of your time to share you know your different perspectives and to do it so openly and honestly together is is a really wonderful thing to hear thank you so much thanks guys bye It was so much fun to interview Katrina and Heather together, not just because it was something totally different for us, but because
0: they're such fun to talk to. Absolutely. Remember, if you missed the first half, go back and listen to last week's episode and you can hear more about parental leave at Colin McLeod and also some more about Heather's own journey with her having children and returning to work. And
1: also, of course, don't forget to enter the Law CPD competition to win the 10 Hours of Professional Development. This is such an awesome opportunity for any career professional who wants to develop themselves. You can enter by visiting the website lawcpd.com.au forward slash the juggle competition.
0: And all you need to do when you get there is answer one simple question. Where do you feel the most productive and why do you think this is? Easy. So easy.
1: So that's all from us today. If you enjoyed the conversation, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss any of our other conversations and come and talk to us in our Facebook community. We love to hear what people particularly resonated with or perhaps there's questions that arose from you as a result of the conversation that you would love some answers for.
0: And Heather is a member in our Facebook group, so I'm sure she'd be happy to answer any questions if you have them about her own return to work journey. Absolutely. So come and join us and we
1: will see you next time. Happy juggling.